Welcome to the MD Show. You are in the zone with Bianca Banks and Jasmine Shannon. Two women touching on current and cultural events, discussing generational perspectives. We are mother and daughter, women of color on our grind. Buckle up your seatbelts and welcome to the MD Show. Welcome to the M&D Show, another M&D Show Tuesday here on Dash Radio, Dash Talk X. I am Bianca Banks. And I am Jasmine Shannon. It's another Taco Tuesday. (laughs) What are your favorite tacos? We forgot to... um, Look up the video. Yeah, to look that up. So we are continuing our Black History Month theme, and Jasmine and I had the honor of appearing on TMZ's Piece of the Pie a couple weeks ago. And so we wanted to reciprocate and bring to you um, to continue like the theme of uplifting and encouraging voices, especially female voices, voices of color. So we welcome today, we have with us a very special guest, Lauren LaRosa. Hey guys, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. (laughs) Of course. We're so excited to have you. So we had so much fun on the show too. Oh so God, we we're glad we could bring you on as our guest to spread your greatness as well. Yeah. Like I had so many people send me the um the mm-hmm. link. They were like, is this you? <laughs> I'm glad people got this. So you'd be surprised like how many people actually um watch what TMZ puts out. I'm always surprised when people send me stuff and I'm like Wait, you read like you read or you watch this stuff, but like a lot it reaches a lot of people. So what we do with Piece of the Pie is like really like a passion project for me because I know that it puts a lot of people on a platform that otherwise they wouldn't be on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like I personally, there's like a regimen I have every morning. It's like, okay, I say my I do my devotion, I say my prayers, check my bank account, and then I'm like TMZ. You know what I mean? Because you got you got to see what's up. Because you know yeah. you know if it comes through TMZ, you know it's gonna it's it's gonna be accurate. It's right. You know what I mean? So it's like I, I really I really do go by TMZ, and it's funny because you see all the other media outlets like CNN. They'll say like as reported on TMZ. You know, so it's like you know the information is legitimate. You know, they've definitely built their reputation um, up huge. I think that's why the platform is so successful because the reputation they have for getting it right and uh, most of the time being first. Even when people like, you know, people come for us, um, people can't deny that like we do good work, even though they try to, they can't deny that we do good work and we are investigative journalists. Like I thought it was just all fun and games before I worked there and now I work there and I'm like, oh, I can make it anywhere. Like it's a very serious newsroom. So, yeah, you know, I, I feel that because I feel like in my heart, I'm a true journalist. Like I love just, you know, just people and learning and stories and, and just, you know, speaking real truth, you know, so I feel you. And it's like a full-time thing. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's a passion that I have. So yeah, I feel you. Um, so about you, Lauren. Um, so of course we know that you're on TMZ, um, Fox, BET, and you have basically centered your career um, around providing the voice, a voice um, of an opinionated black woman, young black woman, um, within culture defying digital and television platforms, right? So tell us about your story. Like, tell us about 
you live in LA, how you got here and like how you birthed piece of the pie. Uh, well, I'm from Wilmington, Delaware, which is pretty far from LA. Um, I, even in Delaware, like me and my group of friends who are still my friends to this day, um, we were always like just into stuff. Like my mom also kept me and my brother pretty busy. So like I was dance class and, you know, uh, during stage plays and sports and well, not a lot of sports, like tennis and ice skating and stuff. So I've always been like very active. And in that, um, also my family, like I have a lot of people in my, or I have some people in my family who's, who've also done um, the whole like Hollywood run, like my little cousin, Nikayla, I, you know, grew up watching her, even though she's younger than me, I would go to, uh, Broadway. She was in Lion King on Broadway. So I'm watching her there. I'm watching her on the Apollo. I'm doing pageants. And so I think it was something I was always surrounded by. Um, and I knew that I liked the ability to be able to make people feel stuff just from an early age. I just always knew that, like even entertaining people like friends and like my mom, my mom had a lot of foster kids in the house when we were growing up. And I didn't, I don't think I valued having that many kids in our home until my mom stopped and it was only me and my brother. And I'm like, dang, it's nobody to watch me like, you know, play this or do that. And I think that that's where it came from. Really just like having to like meet people in any situation where they were and be able to entertain them and use being able to entertain them and learning how to be with other people in a way that made them feel good. Um, because we, they, the, the kids were coming from so many different situations. And at the time, I didn't understand that. At the time, I might not have been the best. You know, we called it um, the, my god brothers and god sisters. I might not have been the best god sister. But me older now, I'm like, that's really where it started. Like, you know, so in that, um, my mom would take us back and forth to New York to see family. And like, just to see stuff. Like, I grew up in the hood. Like, where I'm from in Wilmington, it gets pretty bad. But there's a lot of good there, too. There are a lot of creative kids. It's just there's not as many outlets and resources, but that's beginning to change now. My mom was very adamant about because she had been a fashion designer and had lived in New York for years before she settled in Delaware. She was so adamant about taking me and my brother to New York and we would ride down Broadway and see the lights and go to the fashion district and just even taking us to Philly, which is like 15 minutes away. It was just like, OK, there's more to life than you know, like my neighborhood, like there are more people in the world than the people I go to school with, stuff like that. So that always kept my eyes open. And I think it's something that's just, it's kind of like an in me, not on me type of thing. I always just have wanted to do like art stuff and tell stories. So got into fashion, was modeling um, a bit. And I decided that like modeling wasn't going to be the entryway for me. Um, I was hearing no a lot, which didn't deter me. I was just like, all right, I need to like re-strategize. And I remember I saw Rihanna on the cover of W Magazine, when I was I was sitting in my college apartment on Instagram and someone posted the picture and I'm like, wait, how is Rihanna on the cover of W with Iman and Naomi Campbell? Like she's not a model, like she's Rihanna, she's a music artist. Then I'm like, you know, this is when the tie started to change. Like, okay, this is when you started to kind of, and not even really a lot, but see a lot of like hip hop artists or artists like Rihanna that started, you know, I don't even know where you would classify her when she started, um, but she crossed over. And when she crossed over, she's on the cover of all these magazines, but she's a black woman. And she's, you know, these are big editorial platforms. And I had interned at Cosmo. So I knew that, you know, a lot of the covers weren't going to people who looked like me. And I always told myself, like, I want cover. I want to cover. Like, that's my goal in fashion is I want to cover. So when I saw that, I was like, you know what? Cool. 
I'm not getting booked as a model. What else can I do to get me to this? I literally was just like, let me figure out how to get on a magazine cover. That's how it all started for me. And then I just started using what I had. Like I was on my college campus. I was interviewing people on the campus. I would do the radio show sometimes. Not even I wasn't even a mass comm major, but I worked my way into all the mass comm stuff because I knew I wanted to be in TV. Long story short, interned in New York a couple places and ended up here once I realized that, like, you know, I love New York, but I felt like I was going to be too centered into fashion. And I wanted to take fashion and everything I had learned into like TV and producing and I wanted my own live talk show. So I came here five years ago, literally sleeping on my friend's couch. Um, and here I am now sitting on my own couch in my own apartment. But it's been a journey. Like, it's been a journey, to say the least. That's so amazing. Like, I really love that the motivation that your mom instilled in you at such a young age. And it reminds me of my mom and I's relationship because it was kind of similar. Like, I was, I like so many things like entertainment and um, I'm a dancer. So I obviously love performing. I played instruments and sports, but she would bring me to these places too on an, on a professional level, like how your mom drove you through Broadway and showed you, okay, if you want to be on Broadway, this is where you have to be every day. This is, you know, and I feel like that I resonate with that because I think that's the best way for young kids to develop a liking is to talk about it, but then also put them in the space and really feel the energy. And I love that you, you know, her bringing you to New York, you know, brought you to LA and, and, and it's all about how parents filter in, you know, um, passions and, 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 and how you listen to your kids. And I love that your mom did that for you and your brother. That's great. Yeah. She wasn't playing about that. <laughs> Right. And my mom doesn't either. Like that was one thing like we could like I just wasn't a part of a household where I could just we could just chill all day. Like it was never it was like we have to you have to be involved in something. Mm -hmm. If it's not dance. OK, let's do piano. If it's not piano, let's go to art classes and art. was I really love that, too. But I think that it's super important and it's beautiful and something that we like to um to discuss and portray on our show is just. Be involved in your kids. If you're not, you know, and, and and be a part of that developmental process and involve them in things that are, especially during this age, not only digital, you know, try to pull them away and ex have them experience different things. And for you, it's like you're you're versatile. You could do you you're a fashion mogul, you you know, you you're a talk show host, you're great at all that you do. And that's why it's so important for parents to involve their kids at, at as in as much as they can at a young age. And I think that's really awesome that you made it here. And now you're on TMZ. You worked for Cosmo. And those are all like really great platforms mm -hmm. to start with. Mm -hmm. And also like a lot of a lot of like untold stories. You know what I mean? Of like how great we are as women and women that, you know, have trailblazed and that are, you know, making a difference. You know what I mean? For ourselves and for other people. Because a lot of times what we talk about, too, is like how people... Um, may make it to a certain level, but then like they don't help in ways that they could in trying to, you know what I mean, open the doors for other people that are coming behind them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. I, I think like, I definitely think that it's a thing to open doors and kind of reach a hand back for people. But I also understand people who like not who purposely don't do it, but kind of don't understand what their role in doing it is. Because I feel like, like for me, like this last like year, like I've 
I'm very connected to where I'm from, like period. Like that's just me as a person. Um, but I think it's, you know, it was how I was raised. I was raised in family tradition. You know, my my grandma and her sisters and, you know, my uncles, my grandma's brothers, we are the, like, you know, Christmas is a big deal. Mother, daughter, sleepover. And this has the family reunion. This all has been going on since I, before I was even born. So I was raised in like a very authentic, like, you know, things, even no matter where you are in life, you stop for the people who care about you and who have shown up for you. You show up for them. But I do realize like now in my older age is that some people don't know how to show up for themselves, so they can't show up for you. And I think that it's a learning lesson for everybody. Like hopefully everybody gets to that point where they learn how to show up for themselves. So they really do know how to open, reach back in, you know what I mean? Like open a door for someone, but you can have people opening doors for you that like, honestly, you shouldn't even be walking through. Like it, it just doesn't even make sense. So it's like, I don't fault people who aren't there yet in their journey because I know it takes time because I had to learn what even that meant. Like, and that, that doesn't mean throwing your own self under the bus or in the fire. It means doing what makes sense. You can say no, but when you should say yes, and if you can help someone do it, I had to, it would, that, that itself is a whole thing of like exploring and, you know, just growing up and doing different things. And now a lot of it is crazy because like y'all are mom and daughter. A lot of it now is like everything that I'm learning. It's like me calling my mom and helping her with the daily things she's going through in her business. And, you know, talking my brother through different things and, you know, talking him down sometimes from things he thinks he should do today. But I'm like, wait, maybe you should wait until next month, plan better. Like just going through life. And it was reversed growing up. Like my mom in her, the best way she knew how, cause she didn't know everything. She was showing us life and experience and what she knew. And now, you know, I'm back. So I definitely get the whole like reaching back thing. Yes, definitely. Like I, we were on Clubhouse the other um, week and we were having a, discuss- a pre-discussion for our show. And one of my friends was discussing going back to the industry, kind of part of what we were just talking about, how people in L.A. really don't know how to do that. They don't know how to put other people on without feeling like they're losing something from their own pot and feeling like it has to be like this thing that they keep to themselves. And that's where it kind of becomes, you know, very competitive and feels like, you know, uh, not as open. And then she moved to Atlanta and she's like, it's totally different there. The vibe in Atlanta is so different. Like, yeah, it's so different. But I think, you know what the issue is here is like in L.A., if, it, if we in the room, it's like one or two of us. So you feel like if I let somebody else in, boom, that's my spot. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And not everybody's like that. Like, like for me now at 29, I'm like, if, if, if I let sis in the room and I get let out the room, I'm not supposed to be there or something else is coming. I'm not even tripping off that. Right. But that again, that takes time. But when I was before I moved to L.A., I was going back and forth between moving to Atlanta and coming to L.A. And the reason why I wanted to go to Atlanta was because it was so black. And I, you know, I grew up in the inner city. I went to an HBCU and I just lo- like when I went to an HBCU, I never realized how much I love just being black. Like, I think when you grow up in the hood, it's just like. You don't even know that it's something you love because it's like, what? I'm black every day. These are my people. This is what we do. Then when you go to HBCU and you see black people from all over, like, you know, rich, poor, middle class, fashion, art, um, athletes, like just professional people who, you know, are just really trying to do something better in life. And y'all are all together just having to make things work. 
it was literally like the best thing that ever happened to me. And that made me want to move to Atlanta because I felt that when I got, it feels like home. I felt that when I got to Atlanta, I was walking around my vlog camera. I didn't have a platform. I didn't know one knew me. People were like, what's your card? What do you do? How we can support? When I came to LA and I'm reaching out to people, they're like, wait, who are you? Why is this beneficial to us? Uh, what platform are you with? Like, how is this going to better me? Like, it's a different vibe here for sure. Um, there are a lot of opportunities, a lot of people, a lot of things that, being completely honest with you, didn't even open up to me until I started working at where I'm where I work at now. And I peep game, like I know what's going on, but it's different depending on where you are. I think people will use you for whatever they can, no matter where they are. And a lot of it too is people like to align themselves with people that are doing things because they want to be doing things too. It's a little bit of both of that. But Atlanta is definitely a different feeling, especially for us. So no, I totally agree with that. Cause I feel like People in LA, it's like the land of opportunity. You know what I mean? It's yeah. Like, you know, it's like, and I think I see it more so because I'm from here. So like, I was, I would think that like sometimes like because you're from here and you have another sense of, I guess, you know, I think like my knowledge base or the way I feel about LA and Hollywood is a little bit different than people that are moving here. Yeah. But. I definitely feel like it's the land of opportunity or to take an opportunity to do whatever it is that you need. And I feel like um, I also went to an HBCU, so I, I totally know what you mean. Like, Who did you go to? I went to Xavier University of Louisiana. Okay. She didn't want to Dell State, but, um, you know, we're going to let you slide, you know? Okay. okay. Girl, but I, I feel you because it was like, Somebody, I did this piece for like BT and they were like, what, like, what is, you know, the, like your best, like what, what's the difference, you know? And I'm like the camaraderie, you know what I mean? Because you, you just always like, feel like you got people cheering you on. You so, it's family. so lonely here in LA. Like it can be so lonely, even when you got good people around you. Like I keep good people around me. I don't even play those games, but it can still feel very lonely because when you get into your work modes and stuff like that, like. It's just very different. And a lot of times it's, you know, not a lot of people who look like you and understand you or the way you talk and stuff like that. So, yeah, the camaraderie is way different here. Um, yeah. yeah, and I think, too, in Atlanta and um, places like that, um, people are like hustlers in a different way because everyone there kind of is starting something like at the same time. At the same time. <laughs> Everything is, is like like person owned. Like yeah. the small businesses are the big businesses in Atlanta. Like right. the restaurants, the clubs, the you know what I mean? Like it's yeah, here it's like if you own a club, you either come from a lot of money or you are doing something you're you're doing very well in life because it's so expensive to own stuff like that here. Mm-hmm. Or even just like what the one here, it's like you want to have those big name places on your resume to be able to, what we were saying, to be considered credible in right. in, in this, in, in the LA industry, like, you know, Warner Brothers, you know, uh, you know, Instagram, I know Tinder's here. I know, you know, all these places, it's like, that's where people want to be. Mm-hmm. So there's no, there's no, like, there's, there's no need to be okay or to be content with any other level of greatness other than what other people in LA will think is great. And I think that that's the difference between, and I think it's something that I don't like about LA is that it's like, it's okay to, to be happy and grateful for where you are right now, even if it's not that destination where you're trying to go. Doesn't mean stay, be content and stay, you know, lazy and not really feel like you need to work hard, but also like 
always looking back at where you were before and, and, and remembering just the, that the, the, the journey is just as important as the destination. And I think that in LA, that kind of, it's kind of not a thing. <laughs> Well, it's because on the journey, it's so expensive. You don't got no time. Right, <laughs> you, right. Gotta afford rent. you don't got no time to look back where you were. You're just like, when can I get to the point where I can afford my rent and not have to trip? Like, it's it's different here. Mm-hmm. I think that, too, a lot of people, like, say that people that are in L.A. or that move to L.A., it's like it's like the place that you arrive to. Like, the other places are the place that you are. But, like, everybody's working to really be in LA, to be right. yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, that was a deciding factor for me. Um, Cause I just felt like, you know, if I came here and I, things happened and I stayed and I figured it out when I left here, I could literally do whatever I want anywhere. That's so true. Yeah, that's so true. I feel that. And yeah, but do you ever see yourself like moving to Atlanta or moving anywhere else? Yeah, I'm um so when I like settle down down, like ready to have kids and you know, talk show popping and all of that, the network that I'm on is popping. I want to be based out of New York. Um it's closer to my family. Majority of my family is on the East Coast. All of my family is on the East Coast, matter of fact. Delaware, like tri-state area. Um, and it's important for me to raise my kids near family because that's what I come from. And then also, I don't know, I just feel like I love LA. The weather is amazing here. Like people at home are like snowed in and iced in and we had a happy hour and crop tops. You know what I mean? But the feeling is just different. Like I'm very much an East Coast girl and I just it hasn't left me yet. So I always want to be able to come back here on a home here. All that good stuff work here because there are there's a lot of money to be made in L.A. But definitely when I settle down, it's going to be in New York. I would not mind at all living in Atlanta for some time and experiencing that. And I do want to move out of the country before I like have kids and stuff. I want to move out the country for about at least a year. Like I would love to do like, I don't know, anywhere in the UK, like I'm down. I was trying to figure out maybe going to Barbados for part of this quarantine, but it didn't happen. Like I just, I'm really a, a experienced person. So I'm with going, I want to go a lot of places before I settle down and LA is not the end all be all for me. This is just like the, this is the biggest part of the journey. Once I unlock all the secrets here, I'm going to be good. So, okay. So tell us what's next, what you're working on. Um, And then also like the, the, uh, the fashion component too. Cause I know you, you talked about like you had some stuff, you launched a line. I launched, I dropped my first short film on Sunday, on Valentine's day. (gasps) Yeah. See, wait, I didn't see this on your page. That's what I was asking I'm you. I'm going to send it to you guys. I'm also, once, we, once, we're, once we're done here, because I feel like a lot of people might not have seen it because of Valentine's Day. Um, but yeah, so I have a clothing brand that I started and I've been, I've always wanted to be a fashion designer. That was like the, again, that was the start of it. So I have a clothing brand called Season of Solo. We've been in business for a little over a year now as Season of Solo. I did swimsuits prior to that. Um, as Solar Rosa Swimwear for about two years. And we're doing really good. Um, and I just really like, I get creative with how we do our content. So I shoot for the brand all the time as like a muse or a model. I shoot other models in our stuff. But on Valentine's Day, I was like, you know, I want to put out something that like people are going to like cling to and it will entertain them. And I know I want to go into the space of writing and producing and directing Like Issa Rae is like a huge inspiration to me. I love how she does things on her own and then like 
takes it to the, you know, hey, how can we monetize this? Where can we put this? Like, Aqua Black Girl, I remember watching Aqua Black Girl, meeting her at the first Revolt conference when no one knew who she was, like, sitting in the panel she was at, and then watching Insecure happen. Like, seeing that whole timeline, I'm like, yo, it's possible. So, you know, this is me, like, just starting my experience and gaining my experience in that. So I put out a short film on Sunday. Um, it's on my Instagram page. My Instagram is Lauren LaRosa, L-O-R-E-N-L-O-R-O-S-A on IGTV. And it's, you know, less than eight minutes long. And it's just about defeating deception in relationships. Um, and you got to watch it because I'm not going to give away the plot. But it's very interesting. But it's all featuring the clothing that we've designed. Which I love. It's so dope. Because it's kind of like, um, how would you describe it? Like... Like there's so many references I feel like in your pieces, like the ones I seen in your on your page. Yeah, like some, you know, like it's like like brown girl grinding and uh, the fact tea, fact black women are effing gorgeous, uh, entrepreneur tea, um, all of our stuff. Like even the custom stuff that we drop, like one of the hoodies, not the hoodies, the crop the cropped hoodie. It's a crop top T-shirt, but it's a hoodie. I named it after one of my friends. I named it the Milana hooded crop top after my friend Milana, who was like one of my biggest motivation. Like I love as a businesswoman, she's just everything like the way she runs her brand. And that was a, a, you know, a crop to I was like, this is for the girl on the go who also wants to be bomb because she loves taking pictures for Instagram. That's her. Like, so there are so many like little real life references in the stuff that we designed. Me and my business partner are both in a season of like, you know, really focusing on what we want to achieve and building our businesses and our brands. And that takes tunnel vision, a.k.a. season of solo. Elevation requires separation. So mm -hmm. definitely. I need one of those hoodies because mm -hmm. so I can go from day to night. Yeah. <laughs> but it is that, though. Like it's it's the throw the sneakers on with the You got to get the stirrup leggings too. throw the sneakers on with the crop top tee, the stirrup leggings and your cute your glasses, you know, and then boom, put it on with a heel put the stirrups on over the hill and you have a whole different look, like a okay. whole different look. It's a vibe. So create, so the, so the short film you created, it's called Lost One, correct? Yes. And so what was your favorite part about creating Lost One? Everything that went wrong was my favorite part. Wow. Because this it's was it teaches you, right? Huh? Because it teaches you. Yes. And a lot goes wrong. Just like, it's just how, how it happens. But like I learned so much about how to plan better for next time, like the pre-planning, what meetings I should have with, um, you know, the, the film and production team and just working with other people as far as like I had two other actors um, that were in it. So working with them and we didn't do scripts at all because I kind of just wanted to learn. And I don't know, I just wanted to see how people act. Um, just off the direction. And then I figured that would teach me how to better write for people. Um, who are met the actors and just actors in general. Um, but yeah, I learned so much just about preparation in general and putting things out, um, what worked, what didn't. Um, and then also product placement and how important that was with putting my own clothing brand inside of it. The biggest part of it was, you know, we're trying to sell clothes too. And just the audience that we were able to capture and people want to share it. And it's just doing so well online. So yeah, I learned a lot, but the, I, I really enjoyed when things went wrong because I think a lot of times we were like, I was hard on myself. I was like, I don't know if I'm ready to put this out. Even now I go look at the comments like, okay, nobody in here being mean yet. Like, but people are, are like, Oh my God, this looks so good. And I'm like, what? 
are you serious? Because this wasn't, we didn't have time to do this. And this was like, you know what I mean? We're so hard on ourselves. So I, now when I look at the end result, I'm like, all of that stuff went wrong. You learned in it and you got through it. Like you have a finished product. Like, girl, you did it. You said you were going to do it and you did it. So, yeah. I think, yeah. I think whenever you're doing something that's like that, it, um, you have to know that something's going to go wrong. Like even when I'm on set, you know, for dancing, it's like, it never really goes as planned. You think you're there eight hours, you're there 13 hours, like, you know, and it's like, you just have to know how to move with, with the um, unexpected changes and just still be professional. So I totally, I totally get that. Um, So what was your creative process on like, give, not having a script? Would you just give people scenarios? Like, Um, like you, she cheated, you're, you're, you know, I write um, and I've been writing for a long time like since like middle school but I didn't know what it was then like I just used art like when I was going through things I used to write so one of the first things that I ever wrote down where I was like okay this is something to be performed I wrote a monologue that was a letter an open letter to my dad and when I wrote that I was just like okay so this is what people do when they make movies right like yeah so a lot of times I'm really into music videos, especially like 90s music videos, um, early 2000s. So I watch music videos all the time. And probably like three months ago, I told myself that I wanted to start putting out there that I do also like act and produce and direct. And I want to be talent um, and more things and just talk show hosting. So I was like, you know what? Whenever you're watching something, whatever you get from it, just write it down. So one day... I was actually watching music videos and it wasn't even lost one. I forget what I was watching, but it just came to me. So I just started writing in my notepad on my um, phone and I'm like, I didn't have character names or anything like that. And I kind of wanted it to be that open because one of the things I love about music videos is like, when you watch a music video, there isn't really a script. They don't really say too much. You just watch them. You don't know their names unless you know that like the rapper, or the singer, you don't know anything about these people. So I can watch the video and you guys can watch it and take something completely different from it, which can happen with a regular movie too. But I feel like it's so guided when there are scripts and stuff like that. So I was like, I want to do this. I want to create something that like everybody can watch, but no one's going to get the same thing from it. So I just started writing, writing, writing. And then I ran it. I said, when I get the right video person, because I know what I want the aesthetic to look like, I'm going to shoot it. I went to one of my friend's um, photo shoots and I saw a video she shot for her. And I was like, you're the person I've been looking for. Like, let's shoot it. We got to work that weekend. Um, And so I had written down, like, here's the plot. I had here are the scenes. Like, I knew all of my shots. I knew my scenes. I knew what I wanted everyone to do. So as we were going, I just had to explain it as we go. Like, okay, so in this take, the goal of this is to express that you're upset that, you know, A, B, C, and D or you're hiding A, B, C, and D. Let me see what you do with it. Like literally, like naturally in that setting, what would you do? And then boom, we just went from there. That's awesome. And I think too, in general, that's how film is turning into and TV. It's like film is not so cliche anymore, which is good because I don't like cliche film and TV <laughs> in general. But it's like even like Mal- the Malcolm and Marie um, story that just came out. I had to watch that in two parts. That was a lot. Girl. I watched it in three parts. I'm not gonna lie, because you know we. I'm gonna keep it real. When he got up on the windowsill and started dancing, I turned it off in the first two seconds. <laughs> I can't. I didn't dislike it, but I'm just like, dang. I like, thought they could have been left him. I'm exhausted. You, yeah. So you're saying you? It was the heaviness of it. 
It right. was very yeah. like, but I've been, but you know why I kept watching? Because I've been there. I've been very toxic for someone, but also you're not going nowhere. See, and that's, and that's, and we all have been there. So that, but it was so much more exhausting to watch from an outside perspective, mm-hmm. which I think was yeah. really good for people to see in general, because that's where it's so hard for us to look at to- our toxic situations from the outside perspective. Mm-hmm. And we couldn't even watch a two hour version of it, but we, some of, you know, some of us out there have been in six year situations and, but you can't even watch two hours of something that's scripted. But then my point of bringing that, that um, film up in general is that so many people could have taken that so many different ways. Is she really the one that's toxic or is he really the one that's toxic or are they both toxic or because she's the drug addict from back in the day, is she really, is she the one to be pointed fingers at or is he the one because he's constantly going to the bar every three I mean like if I heard that I noticed that too and I'm like oh it's like he's constantly coming at her but he's constantly Mm -hmm. drinking the entire he's an alcoholic right but they talk about that Mm -hmm. and then it also and then it's just like a whole nother perspective from the film from the film um industry and how a filmmaker and a director and and a writer um would would look at it as well you know what I'm saying? So I think general, I love that TV and um, film is turning into something that's not so um, cliche and, oh, there's a there's a start, there's a, a climax, and there's an ending. Like, okay, we all walking out, we all know what happened. Mm-hmm. It's more so like, it's going to make you have to watch it nine times. And yeah. I think Jordan Peele was a really good starter I love him. Like, I love everything about what he does because, and that's what, and I know that this is like my first project. That's what I was so nervous about. I'm like, is this too basic? Like, are people going to be like, girl, like you're so into the industry. It shouldn't be this basic. But I kind of wanted to start like, not simple because I really feel like I don't have a simple mind, but where anybody, like, I don't know. When you guys watch it, you know, text me and let me know what you think about it. But I wanted to start it Maybe the situation. I wanted the situation to be something that was very simple where everybody could be like, I've Related. been there. Yeah, like I've been there though. But with Jordan Peele, the way he like, you could literally get, I can literally go, I don't watch movies or TV shows over and over again. Once I watch it one time, I'm good. Unless it's something like a Jordan Peele, like, you know, something he put out where you have to watch it multiple times. So first of all, get what he meant in the first place. And then you can get four to five different meanings from it. Like people like that intrigue me so well. That's why I like hip hop. Like good rappers that you gotta listen to a song and every time you listen to it, you're like, oh, I didn't know he said, or okay, I get that. Like those type of people are so smart to me. And like that's what I aspire to do in everything that I do, from fashion to TV stuff to you know, being behind the camera, writing, directing, whatever. It's like really get into the essence of like made you look. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I feel you. I totally love that. And I, I'm just like, you know, it's like, I don't know, like you and I, when we started just really even communicating, which I love because you're, you're just so real, you know what I mean? And it's like, I feel like we are too. So I feel like, you know, like we've kind of cultivated something after for yes. your your piece. And I love it because I love listening to you on Clubhouse and I love just the people that are coming in the room and really saying like, oh, you know what I mean? Do y'all like, do y'all know who Lauren really is though? She's dope. She's fly. Like she's done this. She's done that, you know? And I love listening to people celebrate you 
And then how you have, you know what I mean, um, cultivated these real true friendships and, and how, you know, like everybody's helping one another. And I love that. So, yeah, um, I love like, yeah, no, like we, we just, it's so great. Like, and I think that like even today, like I was driving and I was like, yo, you know, like to me, I mean, y'all might get mad at me, but I do feel like it's still like a man's world. I do feel like that. I feel like we really have to, um, especially as women of color, because it's like we're the third minority, you know what I mean? Mm. To really like make sure that we remind people of our greatness and our talents and like what we can contribute, you know what I mean, to the world every single day. And so that it can be a woman's world, you know what I mean? Because without without us, nobody can function. Yes, it's going to be though. And that's why I'm not even like, I'm not out here trying to like prove nothing to nobody. I'm just out here doing my shit, keeping my head down, doing my work. And like, you're going to get with the vibes or you're not. Because like, once you get left, when we spin that, when we bust that you, it's going to, it's going to cost you. And I think people are starting to realize that about us as black people in general, especially black women. And like, for me, that's always been my attitude. That's how I was raised to be, but the world will humble you. And now that I've found myself as an adult, Oh, no, nah, you're not taking that from me. Like, I don't care what you don't accept, what you don't uplift or whatever. I'm out here and I know that. Yeah, for sure. And a dope think, individual. And I think something that sets us apart is always staying rooted in where you're from. And like, that's something that you're that you've you're really big on is that you're you're sticking to where you came from and how why you got here. And I think that people get places and then they're just like, oh, I, I, act, I didn't they they. they try to dismiss the parts of their life that may have not been the best or, or, you know, the final destination for them. Yeah. And just, but that's a part of who you are. They're your fabric. Yeah. yeah. That's it's a part funny. of who you are. And, and to be able to share those types of stories and to be able to be comfortable with, okay, this is where I was. This is where I am now. That's important. Mm-hmm. And I think that more people need to be comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. So while we have you here, Let's talk though. I want to. Okay, this way we're gonna we're gonna shift years. Oh yes, <laughs> and I can't wait to talk about this, Lauren, because I have been talking about it literally for since I've watched the documentary. So Britney Spears, I didn't even watch the documentary yet, but I've been covering Ooh. it so much that I know about it. Oh okay. my gosh! So I'm watch it. I literally said I was gonna watch it today once we finish. Okay, okay. good, good. So okay, so for everybody who's not you know up on it, I guess. Um, no, I mean, because, you know, some people haven't watched it or some people don't have a knowledge of it like you do, but basically it's a documentary about her conservatorship Mm -hmm. and I guess her getting out of it, trying to get out of it. Um, and I don't know, like, I mean, it's like, she's. I, I, like, in my opinion, I, I think that she does need to have a conservatorship. I just think that maybe it doesn't need to be, it needs to be like lawyers or like a bank or something. Yeah. Not like her dad. Yeah. So. I think from what I've gathered, and again, I haven't watched it in its entirety. I've just been very, like, we've been covering it so much. And I was covering the Free Britney stuff for a long time because, you know, it's been happening for a while. This documentary just dropped. For me, I feel like I understand on the financial side that her dad's involvement really turned her life around. They got her money together and like all that. 
But I'm not a person that like I feel like if a person is mentally like not all the way together where they need a conservator, right? And life-wise not together where they need a conservator. If they're begging for someone not to be like she's not saying I don't I don't need anyone. She's saying I don't want it to be him. I think that one play and, and normally it's for us, so it's kind of it's like very interesting to see a white woman going through it. Um where the court messes up is like they they overlook sometimes like the human factor of things, right? Where it's like, for instance, I talked about my mom doing foster care for like majority of my life. A big part of the foster care system was so broken is that they don't even listen to the kids. Like if a kid is telling you I'm not safe here or I want to be with my brother and sister, like, you know what I mean? You splitting up families, you're putting these people in homes that aren't safe for them, but expect them to get up every day and do well in school and in life and just, you know, behavior to be on point. To me, it just makes sense that if she's blatantly saying you can give me anyone to do the same job, just not him. I don't understand why a judge wouldn't see to that. But again, I'm not a judge. I think that medically, there are probably some things that go into her whole conservatorship that they're not allowed to talk about that we don't know about. There has to be something because they are not her dad. He ain't going nowhere. Like Jamie Spears is like there. He's in there. So I think at this point it sucks, but she just wants to get used to it. And I am not a free Britney person. That's just like personally, I wouldn't want my family member to be in a position where they are in such, you know, they're, they're arguing and going back and forth with the person that's in charge of their whole life. And the people that are in control and can change that are like, oh, doesn't matter. So yeah, I think something and and then in in the most recent um hearing, her mom actually tried to take over all medical um this is what the documentary said. She tried to take over like the medical portion of the conservatorship. I don't know why that she doesn't want the dad to and it's interesting because like in the beginning of her career, her mom was so involved. And her mom was more so of the person who I thought would be the conservator if anything were to happen and the dad was kind of not really around um, he at all he yeah he, he to that you right and like everyone like the like the person who speaks like the most is um her assistant that was with her from for like tw- like th- over 30 years yeah and he's like and then there was another lady and they're all like we don't like jamie he doesn't and they make it very clear that he's a uh, it was always very money hungry and all he would talk, he would come in and out. And whenever he was in, it was more so of like, well, I'm just ready for her to make more money so I can buy this, this, and this. So it's just interesting that there's like those witnesses, but he still was able to get that. Um, that's, why I think, that's why I think that there has to be more to it that like they're not able to talk about in like in the public. Like, right. you know what I mean? Because it, I know her mom was involved and he was not around, but from things that like, you know, have been reported, like she wasn't doing well during those times, like mentally, uh, financially, her money was like, she was like, it was done. It was, you know what I mean? Like he really brought her back together. She, I know that at one point there was an issue with the, like the cocktail of drugs that they had her taking. Like she was upset about how many drugs she had to take. Um, but it, you know, for whatever she was going through, according to the court and to him, it was helping her. I don't know. It's a sad situation to see, especially play out so publicly because first of all, their family. And the second of all, like anytime you're dealing with like stuff like that, like mental health or whatever, I don't think there there is a cookie cut yes or no answer. Like things are always going to change. A person going through something like that is really dealing with some real shit. So it's like, 
I don't know. It's hard to watch. Like, I kind of feel really, I feel not kind of, I feel bad, really bad for her. Like, and it's so public because of who she is. So that adds another layer to it. And she has kids. Do you think that like, it's true that they're saying like in her, her posts and you know, that she's like giving out messages. Do you think that's true? See, now the free Britney people and they're going to come get me after this. I think that they, it's a little bit much. <laughs> I don't know about all that. I watched the post. Right. Like, this might just need to um turn her phone off for a couple days, but like I don't know about the messages. But they are very headstrong that she's sending messages. But again, I am so not a free Britney person. I just have been following what's happening because she's Britney Spears and I'm a celebrity news reporter. But uh, yeah, something's being sent because they show up to every court hearing. They're locked in. So yeah, definitely. Another thing that was interesting to watch is like they say, you know, she really blew up in an era of where boy band was super it. Like she was like the pop star while, you know, NSYNC and Backstreet Boys. And, you know, they, you know, she was like the the one man show where all these boys are like, well, we got to be with all them to, to make her money, you know? Right. And then um, something that's interesting, especially, you know, discussing how she's you know not a minority is that when she really blew up she was the one person that everyone was really coming for in regards to like how she dressed and they and like all of the sexual comments that news reporters would make to her when she would have interviews and then they discussed that you know all of this was during the time of when bill clinton that whole bill clinton um you know catastrophe in the Monica. Say her name, girl. We know what you're talking about. <laughs> Monica Lewinsky. <laughs> you know, they, I'm like, they, I don't know why he didn't. He should have just went ahead and had sex with her. He said it, he said he had the cigar. Honestly, we will never know the truth of everything. So. Right. Because we know. Right. Girl, he but, said he had the cigar down there. I'm like. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, like, it's interesting because it's like all the things that she was doing then, everyone does now. Everyone First of all, all the artists we see now are almost naked on their videos. I, I mean, I, I think that I think that during that time, because what, so what years was it that Britney hit? That was ninety what? Ooh, girl, two thousand. I think two thousand. Uh, but like, like her yeah. dad, her dad was responsible for like the first residency, and like she was making. What they say, a, a million, million dollars a, a day, a day. But I was about to say because during that time, yes, all of this is happening, and like you know, there's a. I follow one girl. Um, her name is uh, Shelby, and her Instagram and Twitter are Bronze Bombshell. If y'all ever want some fashion archives, like you know, from us, follow her. She goes down the line, and a lot of what she shows is that even before you know Britney Spears, back to like the rock and roll days when we were creating those vibes in the the costumes you were seeing on stage and stuff like that. It was coming from us, but we, we didn't have the state. Like we, how many people, how many black women, you know, during that time had a million dollar residency, you know what I mean? Like, and so it's a little bit different, but, and she's getting the hit because not only were, were was it, you know, heavily like racist, um, mm-hmm. during that time and kind of overlooked, but super misogynistic like it you know entertainment people always say it's a man's world and it was so accepted back then um i mean that's kind of like it's like yo like she has a residency y'all want to go see britney spears like no, every day? 
I'm not even gonna lie though. I what grow like as a kid. I the, this the idea of the life she was living as so young. Like I thought she was everything. I remember like doing the you know the little all like I love I was in love with the school girl outfit. Yeah, I was in love with the idea of a Britney Spears because she was so famous. It kind of was like she was untouchable. And she um, was relatable, but she was like the relatable version of untouchable. Because she was so young. Like we were, I was a super, super kid. I didn't know anything about anything that people were talking about. Right. But she was very young and we watched her, you know, in the, the like we just watched her at such a young age. So it made me feel like she was like, Oh, that's you know my my big cousins are her age, like you know. Right, right. I mean, I I felt like she was what Aaliyah is to me. You know what I mean? Okay, but why? I, I think I think uh, I think had 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 Aaliyah. She didn't get yeah, Aaliyah didn't get her fair run, but yeah, because, see what I'm saying though. But even even at that time, right? If Aaliyah if Aaliyah had been able to like really like fully blossom into herself. There were a lot of things that Aaliyah wouldn't have been able to do, not because she wasn't talented and gorgeous and like creating the vibes, but the world was favoring, you know, white women. It, they, it still does today. Um, and then also like Aaliyah was very like, she came after Mary. So it's like, you know, like during those, that time when R&B started merging with hip hop, I feel like you know, people didn't really care for it. Not mainstream. People hated to admit that the mainstream and the trends that were happening in hip hop was what was the world was taking it. They never wanted to give us that. Now they will sometimes, depending on who you're talking to. But when Mary J. Blige came out as an R&B artist, but like she had a swag, she was hip hop, but she was singing, she was R&B, she was a girl, she was, but she was hanging with the boys. Mm-hmm. Like she, I think Mary J. Blige is just now getting her like just do, you know what I mean? And she paved the way. So imagine during that time, like Aaliyah trying to do her own residency, like all the doors she would have had to like bang down to do it. Like, but yeah, because Britney was that it go-to girl during that time, she got so a lot of the heat, of course, For because sure. no one else is there. Like, you know what I mean? Like all the guys want to date her, all the, we had, and we have Janet Jackson. Like we had a lot of our women who were doing things too. And they, they got a lot of shit thrown their way. But I think it's just different when you're in a pop space. And during that time, they wouldn't admit that what we were doing was the popular culture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One thing that really, um, as I was actually watching the documentary, which I I saw you post about, Justin decides to put out an apology on his Instagram. Yeah. So what did you think about that? Because everyone's kind of mad at him at this point. They're like, it's been 15 years. Where you been at? Making money, doing Super Bowls twice. Since um, then, you know what I'm saying? Like, what did you yeah. think about his apology? He did Super Bowls with a... Uh, I'm saying, I'm saying he's... With the breast. Right. And then the he breast. got to do it again by himself. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's people like who... Who they choose to do Super Bowl is just kind of funny to me in general, but because um, <laughs> it, it has to be the commercial, you know. Um, but you see how big that you see how big that was for Janet Jackson, though. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like the Super Bowl was such. Even now, like when Beyonce did Super Bowl, that was like how many years ago? Like we are not in like it's a different time, but like we're it's a little bit more progressive now. But even when Beyonce did Super Bowl, we were in awe because it was like it's Beyonce, it's a black woman, it's you know oh, what I mean. We never can do it by ourselves. 
yeah, be with people like and and the, right. and the weekend actually finally he got out the whole stage to himself, which was yeah. I, I just really felt like, and I know they probably talked uh, behind the scenes, but to me I just took it like, okay, you're only apologizing because the documentary dropped, and if you felt like you needed to, fine, right? But if it were me, if I was Janet, I would just I'm not really paying that too much mind. Because I lost so much. Like, and you never, it's not that, because people are like, well, you don't know if he apologized behind the scenes when it happened. I'm sure he did, right? But like, he didn't fight for her. He didn't fight. She lost so much. And not even just like the black versus white thing. When you talk about Britney Spears and her just being a woman and him just being a man during the boy boy band era, Britney Spears was publicly humiliated. Like, Mm Time after time, cry me a river. Like there was time after time after time, and his career blossomed after that. Like you know right. what I mean? It's just like it puts a bad taste in your mouth for like where he was at the time. But you know he was also young. I hope he has learned a lot since then. Um, but for me, I just wish that I think it could have changed a lot of conversations in music and entertainment and just in the world if Justin Timberlake had fought for Janet Jackson and Britney Spears and apologize and made and wronged his rights publicly then versus now where it's like cool and it's accepted to do it. It's kind of like almost the trend to be like, I was racist. I'm sorry. I'm learning. I'm educating myself. Cool. Right. But it hashtag woke is trending now. It's like, I, okay, like <laughs> do it when it like, for me, it's like, I appreciate when you're going to go through the mud. Like if you, he, that would have been so big of him. And again, I don't know everything. I'm not a a historian, but from everything that I've seen and everything I remember, especially with Janet Jackson, he never, she publicly apologized so many times. She got her music stripped from platforms. She was not able to perform at the Grammys with him. He went on and performed, right? Like there was so much, there were so many different platforms that he could have decided to use to kind of take the heat off of her a little bit and say, yo, ease up on her, y'all. Like it was a mistake. It really was just a mistake. But didn't happen. And I think that people need to realize like being an ally isn't a trend. Being an ally is like, that's like life work. Like, so I'm glad that people are waking up and realizing it now, but I just hope that it's just not trendy for him. And I want to assume that because, you know, people love to invite people to the cookout because Justin has been around a little bit. Um, it's not trendy for him. And he really knows what's going on because he's been around. Like, you know what I mean? Like he's worked with so many people in the culture. So I don't dislike Justin Timberlake whatsoever, but I just, me, at 29 years old, dealing with the things I deal with every day as a black woman, it would have been nice to have seen him do what he's doing now years ago. Because I know that it would have meant a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Well, it's been a pleasure to have you. Um, reminding the listeners that if you have, um, if you need help with substance abuse and mental health, um, there's a hotline, 1-800-662-HELP. Thank you for joining us. Another MD show Tuesday. I am Bianca Banks. Don't forget to follow our show page, Instagrams, the MD show. And I am Jazz Nation. And we are so glad that we got to have the amazing Lauren LaRosa on today. Follow her too. <laughs> we have to we have to make our favorite tacos and get on Clubhouse. <laughs> What's your favorite taco? I need some tacos. Okay, so this is right again. So mine are I think like ground turkey, but I like a lot of avocado. The toppings matter. 
Yeah, like <laughs> a, lot, a lot of avocado, cilantro. a lot of tomatoes, a lot of cilantro. What about yours? Oh, I'm a steak and shrimp taco girl, but not fried mm-hmm. shrimp, grilled shrimp. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure, Lauren. Thank, thank you guys for having me. Real hot girl shit. And if the beat live, you know Lil Juke made it. Body, yaddy, 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 Body crazy, curvy, wavy, big titties, little weight. Body crazy, curvy, wavy, big titties, little weight. Body yaddy, 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 Body crazy curvy wavy big titties little weight body crazy curvy wavy big titties little weight body yaddy 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 Need. They gon' click it if it's me All my pictures been getting these niggas through the quarantine Bitch, I'm very well on my shit as you could tell Any hoe got beef from years ago is beefing by herself If we took a trip on the real creep tip Bitch, rule number one is don't repeat that shit Rule number two, if they y'all came with you They better know exactly what the fuck they came to do Body, Did me long, ate it with the pennies on I could build a house with all the brick I got yeah. Bitches spend a lifetime trying to get this trying high get And this if high. her head's too big, I could make that pop I'm not the one to play with, like a touch me, not Body, yaddy, 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 yaddy Body crazy, curvy, wavy, big titties, little weight. Body crazy, curvy, wavy, big titties, little weight. 